Blog Talk Radio. How about an intro? There's no earthy way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Merrick Neal Camino. It would have been DWI. have reached a tipping point. Good evening! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, those who identify as non-binary. It is time, once again, for the tipping point. We have a couple of great guests. Hunter James will be there, here. Oh, there, here, here. And I've never talked to him. So excited. And Ruthie J, uh, someone I'm a big fan of here in Florida, is supposed to call in as well. Let us pray. But joining me, Stephen Platinum, as always, is legend and legend maker and perhaps legend killer, Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I'm fine. It's good to be back. It's good to be back having a wrestling chat with you, Mr. Platinum. It's been way too long. And I'm glad we're doing this. Spur of the moment, we're back. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I know that it's been a slow time in wrestling uh, with WrestleMania and the sale of the WWE and angry wrestling vet pissing everybody off with this discussion. Larry, I'm going to just jump on this right away. Um, All right. Now, Ruthie J may call in at any moment, in which case, of course, we will defer and take her right away. But okay. until then, Larry. So have you heard of the angry wrestling vets thing that's happening right now? You know, if it's happened in the last couple of days, or, no. The answer is no. I have not. Okay. So angry wrestling vet, who is a dipshit, um, declared that people who take pictures with wrestlers of note backstage are marks, and you should not do it. Now, this has erupted in a firestorm. Guys like Rudy Gonzalez are chiming in agreeing with him a lot of people are disagreeing with him x-pac went public with it and said anybody who wants to take a picture of me i would love to take a picture with you and signed it to the happy wrestling vet which made me laugh pretty freaking hard by the way has anybody done a better job rehabbing his image than x-pac in the last five years i'd be hard pressed to come Mm -hmm. up with someone who's done better than X-Pac, given where he was what? and where he is now. It's amazing, right? Which is, I mean, I, I love the power of redemption when it happens. Now, Larry, I will admit that I was in the former camp of don't take pictures, don't be a mark. But the older I get, I got to tell you, I have become the, you know what? Get your memories while you can. Take the picture. I mean, Jeff G and I are both in that bandwagon. Take the pictures. You'll wish you did. Larry, I, you don't know how much I wish that I had more pictures and footage of me wrestling and the people that I wrestled and all the rest of it. But well, how do you feel about it? I, I'm real clear. I'm squarely on the side of take the pictures when you can. You're going to want them. You're going to wish you had them. You know, that Mark stuff, come on. I mean, not, 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 not in 2023, for God's sake. Wrestling is not, I mean, you know, the comparisons were made of like, well, if you were working on a movie set, you wouldn't take a picture if you were an extra. But there is no comparison, right? Indie wrestling does not, like, okay, so for that point of comparison, it would be the equivalent of if you were doing some kind of student film project, right, or some, like, fly-by-night indie film for trauma pictures, and then you happen to get an actor of note on set for whatever reason. Like, I think about um, guys like, I mean, there's guys who have sort of fallen from grace, so they end up being in these, like, sort of shitty sci-fi movies, you know? <laughs> like, what the, what the hell is this great, you know, what, what the hell is, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I mean, I, I remember seeing Vince Vaughn in some, like, piece of crap, right? Like, now, would you take a picture if you were in, a, like, a sci-fi movie, straight to sci-fi movie with so-and-so? I think you would, you know? Now, 
I, I don't know. There's just no comparison to me. And indie wrestling's supposed to be fun. And I say take the pictures. You know. Well, what I would wonder from Angry Wrestling Vet is where do they see the downside in taking such photos? Where's exactly. the negative? I think, mm, yeah. That's a great question, Larry. I, 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 me, I guess to, to answer, uh, to try to answer for him, um, except, you know, my vocabulary is better, um, smarter, but I'll just try to pretend to be him. I, I think he would say, like, you know, you're acting like a mark, right? They would use the word mark five million times. But at the end of the day, you are doing this activity, which is physically dangerous, and you're doing it for the enjoyment of it. If you're somebody who is of the mind, like I think about these shows that I go to here in Florida, right? Especially like local wrestling show, worst fucking name ever, right? And they had Austin Aries on the show. Well, or he was signing autographs, and then he did a run-in thing at the end, confronted the champion, and they set up a match between the two of them for the next night. And at the end of the show, one of the young wrestlers went up to him, and they were obviously having the, can you give me any advice talk? Now, Mm -hmm. why is taking a picture unprofessional, but bothering somebody to basically have input on your career a professional move, right? Both are pretty, like, both are imposing on another person, right? And to me, that's the main issue, right? Is it an imposition? And to me, dude, let me grab a picture with you because you're fucking awesome. Um, Is it fanboyish? I'll just be honest, it is. But you know what? So what? Yeah, <laughs> I just said my it, mentality it, in 2023. And if somebody says, well, I don't really want to do that, okay, they don't want to do it, and you don't get, you don't get the photo. But, I mean, you're talking about people, at least the great majority of the workers are doing these shows, risking their bodies for very little financial reward. Um, you could be, say, they're marks for that. Um, you know, Larry, if you want to go. I'm, right. I'm going to name a list right now, and then I'm going to say what this list is, okay? Are you ready? Go. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake Roberts, Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Dr. Death Steve Williams, um, Hurricane Shane Helms, um, Midnight. Uh, These are all wrestlers that I worked, Mm -hmm. and I got a picture with none of them. Oh, yeah. And I think about it all the time. Like, yeah. I'm glad there's videotape evidence that I worked Piper, but I thought, like, how insane is that? I had breakfast with the guy the next day, and we didn't grab a picture, Larry. And granted, it was a different era. And again, you know, when I think of angry wrestling vet and guys who have the mentality like him, like Rudy and all this stuff, I think, well, yeah, and you guys also wrestled in a time where there were fucking Polaroids. Right? <laughs> Nowadays, we literally have instantaneous, you know, like I can point my phone at something and take a picture. Yeah. And and to me, it's just silly not to. I, the Jeff G. Bailey, who at one point probably would have said, I'm not taking pictures with people. That's Markish, right? Even though there's a bunch of old great pictures of him with like AJ Styles and stuff, but they work together. But like, you know, but when he comes here to Florida and we go to a show, we fucking take pictures with everybody. And I just see it silly not to. I, I remember going to an impact taping when they would do them at Universal. And these things were like dismal. This is when they were at their lowest ebb and doing quote unquote pay-per-views, but just to fulfill a contract thing. Yeah. So they would like yeah. record stuff for like an hour and then they would switch the setup slightly and say it was a different pay-per-view. I mean, just miserable, right? But on one of these things, it was a quote-unquote international tournament. So they put out a bunch of flags from around the world on the uh, ramp. <laughs> and then they just had this, like, randomly drawn tournament. But the greatest part about it is, who was there? The great Muda. He just happened to be there, and so they booked him to do this thing, right? 
immediately my excitement level and that of the 20 other people watching went way up. Like, oh, my God, it's great Luda. And I had a chance to go backstage. Guess what the fuck I did? Got that picture, I hope. Got that fucking picture, right? Because it's like, I I have to. And nowadays where people are charging for pictures, to me, it's just a whole different world, right? Where people charging for autographs and pictures in the 80s, where there conventions where this kind of thing happened? I would say the answer is no. And so not only has the business changed, I think it's part of this whole movement in wrestling, Larry, where it's like, like the young guys are more about quality of life than about giving yourself over to the business. And I think this is part of that, this idea of, well, like you said, like, why does this rule, what does having this rule in place really do? And I think it's just a bunch of old guys fooling themselves. Like, I'm, the, I'm a peer of, yes, you are a peer of, let's say, Tommy Dreamer, in the sense that you both do fake fighting in your underwear. But he was inspiring to you, and you're inspiring to nobody. So get the fucking picture. <laughs> so, like, is this, a, is this some, like, remnant of kayfabe, which is just, like, pointless to try to... Maintain, you know, I I, I don't get it, but uh, but you know, uh, back to your list for just a second. The name that you that you mentioned that I thought, oh boy, I would love to have that picture, is you and Doctor Death. Of, mm. of the ones you, um, I thought, boy, that would be nice to have. They'd all be nice to have, but that one in particular. Um, and the Macho Man one too. I mean, I, I did that oh, yeah. Macho Man yeah. Slim Jim tour. I should have taken pictures with everybody. Yeah. I should have taken pictures with Sherry fucking Martell. Who, oh, by the God, way, yes. Like, yes. I mean, not a day goes by I don't regret that, right? Um, I just uh, take the fucking pictures. And, and yes, is it Markish or whatever? If I'm, if, if I'm a young wrestler and I'm backstage at AEW Dark and I'm there at an enhancement role, um, do I run up to Mox and say, hey, can I grab a picture? I don't know. Like, I might feel a different kind of way if I'm trying to buck for a job there. Yes, um, yes. That's but different. A, but a, but a, that's different, right. I, I can make that distinction. But if I'm on, you know, wrestling for, say, IWE, and they happen to bring in someone of significance. Uh, like a uh, Hammerstone or something like that. Why, like, why not? Right, you know? Why not? Or, yeah, or or some guy who's in transition. Let's say Brian Cage didn't re-sign with AEW, and he happened to do a stop there. Like, why not? I don't, I don't know. I just I, – to me, it's another sign of – there's so many things about the way wrestling used to be that I lament are gone, and then there's some things that I go, like, that's a silly thing to hold on to. I think it's, if you're a trainer, it's a silly thing to teach your students, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I know this doesn't, like, I'm a mark anyway. I'm just a, a, a wrestling reporter guy, so it doesn't really apply to me. But how I relate to it is, like, how I marked out when Teddy Hart was sitting in the audience at that, well, I guess it was a GCW taping in Atlanta or something, and I just, like, jumped up and went down and asked to do a picture with me. And he was like, sure, he was he was more than happy to do it, you know. But there was something Larry, about it, like, I want this photo with Teddy Hart. <laughs> WrestleMania two years ago here in Tampa, when Teddy Hart showed up to that ICW show, he got kicked out of. Yeah, yeah. He got he took pictures with two people. You know who they were? No Me idea. And Jesse Bailey. <laughs> we were the only. Jeff immediately went like, "Fuck that! That's Teddy Hart. He's got his fucking cat, and he's got this broad. I'm going." And then they told me, like, don't take a picture with Teddy. Don't put that picture online because, you know, I'm kind of working for them or whatever. I'll be damned if I don't have that picture, though. And it's <laughs> fucking awesome. I'm going to put it up. <laughs> I, like, in, in inspiration for this tipping point, I'm going to put up the picture of me and Teddy Hart. And, like, Please do. again, people can feel a million different ways about Teddy Hart, and I get all of it, and it's all very valid. At the same time, you know, get the picture. Get the picture. Get the picture. You'll be always glad you did. And ask for the advice. I mean, why is the picture not okay? 
but asking advice is okay. To me, that's a way bigger imposition, is it not? And, and even Austin Aries, the biggest dickhead in the world. Like, <laughs> I saw him talking to that guy, and I got to say, Larry, I got a little more respect for the dude because he took mm-hmm. his time, and he talked to this young dude who I thought was kind of the breakout star from the show that I saw. Like, I put up a clip of his flying elbow drop, and I was like, that guy brought a great energy, the mayhem guy. And, you know, I, I give it up to Austin Aries for that. And then, you know what? If any of the wrestlers asked to have a picture with him, I bet he would not have resisted for a second. And, uh, yeah. He also <laughs> wouldn't have sold, you know, Starship Pain, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! I just began Larry, thinking let me about ask who. You... Yeah, go let ahead. Me... Oh, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please, please. What I were was you just thinking say? about like wrestlers I run into at shows who are really like, like really decent, affable people, and who are kind of like a little bit standoffish and dicks. And it just was starting to run through in my mind who's who's who. But maybe best not to get into that here. <laughs> well, but Larry, I'll tell you this: the greatest picture I've seen recently is that picture of you, Matt Hankins, and Bryce Cannon. Like, oh, we didn't even know we didn't know what was happening. That was what the part of the, the great thing about. Part of what makes it so great, honestly, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I think that the people who were there that day will be glad they went. Whatever they thought about it as it was happening, they'll look back on it fondly of being there that day. <laughs> um, life is about. I mean, I, this is weird that I'm going this way, but I'm going to go this way. The older I get, the harder I work, the more that I go through, the more that I realize what life is about. And it's about experiences, you know. It's about engaging in things and having experiences. When in doubt, go, right? If there's a memorial service for Jimmy Rave and you can get there, you go. If there's if there's a goddamn award show, go right. It doesn't matter what I say about it. it doesn't matter anything. Like go. Well, like what? experience the things and take the damn pictures. Absolutely. Spe- speaking of which, why at my age would I agree to take my first bump in a restaurant? <laughs> Talk about the. Bump. I mean. Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but it's like, but it's what you said, you know. It was well, I'm never going to probably ne- there'll never be another chance to do it. And if I do it once, okay, well, here's my chance, and I would regret it so badly if I didn't do it, you know. Uh, uh, an old saying translates to this: a man only regrets what he does not do. Mm-hmm. And while that's not entirely true. There is a there is a definite essence of truth about that statement. Like I'm watching currently on my television with the sound off, Cut Gems, starring Adam Sandler. Do you know about this movie? Not really. It is a serious film. It is like produced oh. by Martin Scorsese. Oh. And and I'm just gonna say this. He should have absolutely been nominated and won the Oscar for Best Actor. It is an incredible film, which didn't get nearly the attention that it should have. Um, Oh, wow. And it is gorgeous. And and it's so risky. And it's so crazy. Adam Sandler gets completely lost in this role. And other comedians who become serious actors usually turn into this. Why do they not make me laugh anymore <laughs> except when they're trying to be serious, right? <laughs> but Adam Sandler is so good in this damn role as this sort of nebbishy con artist, Jewish, like jewelry store owner who has this like crazy adventure where he owes all this money to like oh, Russian mobsters and, I know and what everything. Talking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know the film now. But now, is, now you're bringing it back to me. Yeah, yeah. It's breathtaking in its like, in its sort of audacity, and you know your heart's going a mile a minute watching this guy try to keep all of these. I mean, it's not even balls in the air. It's like he's juggling chainsaws constantly, and you're just like, oh my god, there's this. It's all falling apart, but then he finds a way to save it, and 
he's sort of his own worst enemy. And at the same time, he's undeniably like there's a charm to people who live with this sort of fearlessness. Um, anyway, I was thinking about this role when I was thinking about pro wrestling, when I was trying to, trying to wrap my head around Roman Reigns beating Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, you know, like, is it a brave and brilliant booking move that I should just quote unquote, see how it plays out? Or is it more likely the case of another example of not pulling the trigger when you should pull the trigger and then you end up getting diminishing returns when you finally pull the trigger. I vote for B. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we've talked about this. We, I've, I'm definitely in that, in that camp on this one. I mean, maybe they pull this off as a long, uh, uh, you know, story arc to get there. But man, after the the thing with the pec injury and all that, golly, I have a hard time thinking. And, and yeah, some you... people are saying, well, you know, WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you, if you polled all those people who paid a ridiculous amount of money, by the way, that's a story for another time, to go to that WrestleMania, I mean, they there are people who paid specifically to see – Roman Reigns lose and Mm -hmm. on some level feel cheated. Now you might argue, yeah, but wrestling's different now. There isn't somebody, you know, people can say all day, I'll never watch again, but you know, they're going to watch all that might be true. But as I watched AEW of all things last night, by the way, I thought it was a very good show. And I thought AEW is weathering this storm well in the sense that, it still looks like they're having a great time, you know, and there's enough that works that in front of the right crowd, the show still feels buoyant. Even if I'm not, even if I'm not completely interested in AEW anymore. And I thought, but you know, WWE, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were like, this shit's unwatchable. And it seems like they were almost, I would argue that the Roman Reigns thing can be fine, except for the fact that I think it's a decision they made out of fear instead of strength. Mm-hmm. If, if, they, if they made that decision out of strength, it's a whole different thing, right? If they did it because the storyline is so strong that we want to keep it going, and by the time we pay it off, we'll have even more momentum than we do now then I would say, great, but I think they did it out of fear, which is anytime you make a decision, well, everybody thinks that, that, that X is going to happen, so we have to go Y. That's a Russo mentality. Yeah, sure right? is. All the and, way. And it already felt like whoever topples Roman Reigns already feels like they're not good enough. Right, because of the way that they've booked everything else into oblivion over the last four or five years. So I think the fact that they had a crack, that they had some sunlight, I think you've got to make that call. And then if what you want is, well, we want people, people would be compelled at the falling apart of the bloodline. I think it's still your main show. You could have Cody defend against each one of those motherfuckers, which is naturally built in. Now, I don't know, man. I just don't. I, I just. And, and again, maybe we'll be proven wrong. I don't think we will be, though. Well, and you're stuck with biding your time at the at the champion with the championship level until you circle back to Cody. I mean, does anybody really care who Reigns wrestles? However many times he actually wrestles a title match between now and when they circle back to Cody, nobody does because everybody knows it ain't happening. Right. So, um, yeah, I would be much more interested in seeing uh, multiple heels go up against Cody, and he's got like a gauntlet of tough, tough heel opponents to, that have, have not been able to go for the title because Roman held it. So anyway, well, it is what it is, right? I mean, it's just especially the old if the rumor is true, and apparently, you know, Drew McIntyre isn't happy, and blah 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 blah. Right. So apparently, they're going to turn him heel. 
imagine how effective that heel turn would be if he's turning heel and gunning for Cody right away. Gunning for Cody, yeah, yeah. Cody title holder, let me make that clear, as opposed to the Brock Lesnar thing, which worked as a shock value, but in reality, it doesn't make any sense. Why does Brock Lesnar care about Cody Rhodes? Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, he's mad because he went on first, right? I mean, (laughs) did they come up with a better better story yet about, like, why he'd be upset and go after Cody? As if any of us think for a second Brock wasn't thrilled to go first. (laughs) We all know. We want to get the hell out of there, right? (laughs) He's like, oh, my God. He's like, tell you what, kid, you know, give me some headbutts, and then I'll pick you up. Great. Great match. Uh, Hey, so we got uh, Hunter James coming on here in a couple minutes, but, you know, I just wanted to talk for a minute about the Georgia scene and all that is going to be happening. We've had kind of a lull in the action here in the last few weeks, but things are really going to pick up here. I had a little list here I made out. Where did I do with it? Of all the things that are going to hear it is. So, check this out. So, this you know, uh, we got Southern Honor tomorrow night. Southern Fried Saturday night. Uh, Southern State Sunday. The following Friday, GCW hits town. The following Friday, Action Wrestling has their anniversary show. The following Friday, or the one after that, Southern Honor returns... Then we got classic uh, city wrestling coming back after their 400 and some people at the 40 Watt Club on the 13th, and then IWE comes back on the 20th of May. So, but not not to mention all the other shows that are going on, but just like of the big the big boys that are uh, running. Did Larry? Did you ever think it would reach a point where anarchy would disappear? And it didn't seem to affect the scene at all. Mm. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, yeah. Like we were talking about the other night, this new show that's cropped up on Sundays in uh, Colbert, which we can talk to Hunter James about because he's working those shows. I mean, in fact, that's a great guy to talk about this whole thing because so much of his his, uh, early career revolved around Cornelia. Um, I want to ask him about that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, on a sad note, at least, is that um, Rob Rod will be finishing up on May 7th in Georgia. Mm. That'll be his last weekend of covering shows in Georgia before he heads to Florida. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a huge you know, hole. That's a huge hole, and hopefully he gets into writing about the Florida scene. Um, I'm going to, by the way, oh, my God. So my favorite show in Florida is Mayhem on Mills, which hadn't run for a long time. But they are running, not this Sunday, but the Sunday after, in the location where pro wrestling action originally got their start. So the Tuffy's (laughs) Bottle Shop place that I love so much. That is indoors, meaning they won't get rained out like they always have. And the main event is... Sawyer Wreck, who's their champion and the deathmatch love of my life, against Serpentico, who's making his comeback to the Indies, even though he's still oh, at nice. the AEW contract. So that's going to be humongous. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, Rob Rod will cover Florida, but like you said, it's a huge hole and a gap. And with Duke sort of like trying to make it as a manager, I hope Duke will start going to shows and filing reports about them because I, to me, it's like he's he's such a great guy writing about the scene, you know. Um, yeah. He's got the pepper, as they say. Yes, yes, he, he really he writes really well and has great insights in his reports. You know, looks we've got um, the Augusta area well covered with uh, Justin Hancock. Uh, out there in Charles, but um, right, that leaves a whole lot of the rest of the state without without folks that are likely to go out and write reports. So, so if you want to, if so, please, if you have an inclination to write about the shows, please do. Um, if you're part of the Dusty Finish Collective, if you're the one that can actually write out of that group, 
Because <laughs> the other one sure as fuck can't write worth a shit. Um, then please give us your report as well. Boom. Uh, ouch. Ooh, the ouch. Point. It's the truth, though. God. I was, I, it took a minute for me to figure it out. I'm like, why is this writing so different than, oh. <laughs> it's the Georgia Wrestling Insider all over again. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the mystery continues as to who is uh, the, the Jimmy King and who is Dusty Finish. But mm. we'll set that aside for now because we're joined by one of Georgia's top rising stars. Amazingly, yeah, baby. I believe he's still only 20 years old. Jumping, Jesus. Georgia's most improved <laughs> Or male performer, Keep going, excuse Larry. me. Keep it going. I, 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 Hunter James. Hunter James is with us oh, on no, the tipping no. point. Thank, thank you, sir. No, Hunter, I got more. I got more for you. I got more for you. So, Hunter James, it. my God. Okay, so let me tell you, as the guy who was monitoring the voting as it was happening, Hunter James got more love in the sense that people often – would put in they would put in their votes the way you were supposed to, but in the body of their email where they were requesting a ballot, more people talked specifically about Hunter James and would just say stuff like, "I really hope Hunter James wins," like out of nowhere. And I was like, to me that was that was really great. That told me that people were like, people are a fan and a believer in Hunter James um, in a way that. I don't know if I've seen before um, with anybody else who's got this, you know, so few years under their belt. Um, Hunter James, I'm going to ask you, um, angry wrestling vet, don't take a picture, la, 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 la. Which, which camp, which side are you on? Are you on the, fuck you, I'm going to get a picture, that's Shawn Michaels or whatever, or are you on the, I'm a peer, I don't want to be a mark? What are your thoughts oh, no. as a young man? Oh, absolutely. I'm getting my picture. I'm asking for my advice because they've done it. I've watched them on TV. They're superheroes to us or supervillains, however you want to look at it. And if Mr. Yeah. Perfect or Shawn Michaels was there right in front of me, I'm, of course, running to them and asking for a picture and what made them so great and how I can become that great. Mm. Done. I, I just, I, I just think it's stupid to try to act like we're not all fans. I mean, as much mm. as everyone is either loved or hated in the squared circle, we are all fans. We all have bought tickets before. We have all done the same exact thing. Some people are just really freaking good and get to do it on big stages, and some build their way up to those big stages. Yeah. Larry, what did you think of Hunter James the first time you saw him? Oh Lord! Well, so oh, he was a he. If I remember correctly, did a job on a uh, he was a jobber. I think it was on a Southern Fried show. And I mean, I thought, well, this guy's got a really good look, but who the hell is this guy? And where did he come from? And he's awfully young. Um, that was my first thought. Like, what? Where did this guy come from? Did you because see was just, me and Brian Blaze like two weeks before at Hardcore Held by any chance? Uh, I don't remember that. Well, it was only six seconds. You know, the fastest win in Hardcore Held history. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So at least at least it was a uh, a good reason not to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but before you came on, I want to jump into this because we were talking about this before you came on the air about um, the uh, unfortunate demise of Anarchy Wrestling right? and the, the rise of uh, UWF and Colbert, and you've been – were a big part in both of those. Um, could you talk a little bit about, well, one, like how that's impacted you, you know, as, as much as a role as Anarchy paid in your early development, and now this – UWF really rising up. Your thoughts on those two promotions, contrast and compare. Go ahead. Um, with Anarchy, unfortunately, not running anymore. It's definitely, especially the first, like, January was 
where it started like very much being tough and finding Ooh. new shows and finding, which is perfectly fine to go find new shows, but it's hard because if you put so much into one show and you put in, you know, I, I, the final show, I was the final title change in that building's history. I beat Nick Kalen for the landmark heritage champion. And, you know, I, I was ready to, for the next step in being a champion, a single champion in that building again, uh, under Anarchy this time instead of NCW, and really trying to raise the value of the championship. Not that Nick or Joe or Scott uh, – I hate Scott Mason, just for everyone listening. Um, <laughs> I, you know, apologize him through a table again. The hell with him. Um, I'm going – I want to raise up this stock, and I want to make this championship the most important championship, just like everyone looks at the Intercontinental Championship – uh, as the workhorse championship, that was my goal because, if anything, I'm a workhorse. And I wanted to wrestle multiple times in a night in a tournament. And I want to wrestle in big stage matches like I had with Nick and like I did with the NCW Junior Heavyweight Championship with Todd Sexton and Ironman matches and ladder matches. Uh, I wanted to raise the value of it. And uh, love me or hate me, that's what I do. I put on a show. And that I'm a showman, and I'm never going to stop being a showman. But finding new shows can uh, not. I'm not saying easy because nothing's easy that's worth sticking around for. But luckily, GCW Georgia Championship Wrestling in Buckhead uh, had an opening, which I've been to a handful of times before. And you know, I, I grew up with a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys wrestled with my dad. Um, so uh, it was a home away from home. I got to go there, and now I have somewhere else where I get to start from the ground. And now I won the GCW Heavyweight Championship uh, two or three weeks ago, and now that is my show. That is my kingdom, and I'm going to make it the best show where everyone wants to come watch Hunter James. Whether you want me to get my ass beat or you want me to succeed, that's, that doesn't bother me. I want more people in every seat in every part of that arena, and it's a large place. So I want yeah. it filled up like, like it was two or three weeks ago. I, uh, Hunter, I got to say right off the jump, I love that you – because so few wrestlers – and this, is this me saying that other wrestlers are wrong? It is. So few wrestlers talk about wanting to be a catalyst or a big part of an audience getting bigger. Like, you know, the cliche is like, it doesn't matter if I wrestle in front of 50 or 500. What a load of shit. Like, Agreed. it is so much better and so much more interesting to wrestle in front of not just more people, but, of course, to be on better shows in general. Like, I don't think that that's a bad thing to say. I think people are maybe afraid to say it because they're afraid to set themselves up for failure, right? Well, what if I'm the well, champion? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I just think it's, I think it's a great attitude to go like, fuck it. I want, you know, the winners want the ball, right? <laughs> and, and you're asking for the ball, like, okay, I got the ball. Like, let's get more people in here. Let's do this. Let's, let's have more people wanting to come see Hunter James. And uh, I, I think it's really great. And again, it's just, it just means that once again, the voters made the right choice. Um, that's all I got to say about that part. I still think the vote, uh, how the voting, how you described it, uh, with a lot of the commentary with it is crazy, you know, especially how young I am and how I've only been doing it less than three years. Uh, so yeah. that, that truly amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. But we were talking, well, uh, UWS. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So UWS, uh, which was originally All-Star Wrestling, if I remember correctly, um, yep. They ran out in Grey Bell and all that good jazz. And I did one show with them at Grey Bell on uh it was running on a Saturday at this point. But then they went to Culver's and started running on Sundays. And I had no feelings about this show until the Sunday part started and it started growing where there was, I want to say like 50 people the first time. So it's about half that building. It's a smaller building. Uh, and now we're, let's say, nine months later, 
where it's really grown to almost selling out every time to the point where they're telling people you have to get there early, seating is limited, uh, and they're turning away people where we're selling out. You know, you have Nick Halen, you have Hunter James, you have Scott Mason, you have so many of these people also that you saw from Anarchy, and it's almost, to me, it feels like in a way that when you see someone that is recently released from WWE and they come down and do an independent show, it's like we are local celebrities. So Mm. when we come down to what was a smaller show is now, to me, I feel like UWF is one of the top shows, especially Mm. on a Sunday. Yeah. And maybe maybe there's better ways to put it, but that's I think that's the best way for me to say it. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, I want to back up to Buckhead for just a sec, because if I remember he serves, you wrestled Jimmy Jacobs there. Yes, sir. I'm curious about your thoughts on on the match with Jimmy Jacobs. I had an absolute blast wrestling Jimmy. Um, especially because that was the biggest match I had had up to that point. Um, You know, someone who had been in every company imaginable, damn near it anyways, um, in some way, shape, or form. So I was excited to – I was also on cloud nine because I had just done a security spot, my first uh, SmackDown gig. So I was on cloud nine coming in, and when Jimmy – shows up, introduces himself, super professional guy, and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, anything you want to do, I don't know. Like, well, how are you feeling tonight? You feeling froggy? Like, what What, what are we doing? Um, the match uh, was very – it was just – cool is an understatement. It was very – uh, eye-opening as well to see how he layers out matches and how one thing leads to another leads to another. Like, everything had it smooth. There was transitions. And there was a lot of things that we don't learn in indie wrestling from shows or even from our trainers. So it's one of those things is it was, excuse me, learning on the fly. And it was super cool that I implement now into my matches. What's nice. um, Hunter, not to interrupt you, but what's something that you learned that you didn't learn through sh- that you learned through this experience as opposed to learning by doing shows or from a trainer? What's the, what's if you can nail something really specific that you think that you incorporate now thanks to this? Uh, easily, it was anything character related. Um, mm. Jimmy is huge on character related, gimmick related. Uh, yeah. commentary within your matches. And he was telling me after, because I even asked him, I was like, yo, is there anything I did wrong, anything I did, can do better? Um, he was like, you're wrestling fine. That's not the point. Let's, uh, let me tell you about the next step. And I was like, oh, okay, what's that next step? And he was telling me, he goes, right now you're doing, I was doing the absolutely varsity thing. I came out with trophies and medals and letterman jackets and all that good jazz. And he was like, so what happened in a year when you're not even allowed to be varsity because you're, you know, you're not even eligible in high school anymore. And he goes, what's that next step? And what, uh, what comes from varsity, what goes next? Like what can it evolve to? And then what do you do in your matches? So everyone remembers that you're not varsity anymore, but you are whatever you become. Yeah. That's a big time question. And yeah, I think that's, so what's the answer? I mean, you're young, of course, but surely, you know, you have aspirations. What's the, what's the number one thing that you think you need to focus on? I'm not going to say improve or that kind of thing, but what's something that you're focused on that you think is going to help you reach that next level? Right now, I've been really focusing on uh, getting as big as I can. Uh, as an amateur wrestler, I was cutting weight a lot. So yeah. when I started wrestling, I was like 160 pounds. And if I wrestled that day before the show, uh, I was cutting to 150. Wrestling that night at maybe 155 because, you know, I ate everything I could after I cut. Um, yeah. And I weighed in this morning at 205. 
So I've been really, and it wasn't but maybe nine months ago or so, I was weighing like 180. So I've really been up in the calories. Uh, I've been lifting a lot heavier, trying to get as big as I can, especially after the first two times I went to SmackDown. And I look around and I'm like, I'm, I'm a midget compared to these guys. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, like they look like they eat me for breakfast. So I have to, I have to step up my game and really focus on this as much as I can. Boy, I, I mean, again, Hunter, I think you're a testament to no matter how much wrestling has changed, I think certain things will remain the same. And I think Larry will back me up on this. The fact that you have an amateur wrestling background, the fact that you have an athletic background, I think, I think that stuff really lends itself to what you do. There's just, you can't fake certain kind of things and the ability to move around in an athletic fashion. Can you learn that strictly as a pro wrestler? I guess so. But at the same time, I think that there's a physicality that comes with playing really any kind of sport, but specifically amateur wrestling that just lends itself in this really powerful way. Um, to everything that you're doing. I just, I mean, and again, it's just another testament to that, you know. I mean, Larry, that used to be much more of a requirement. There used to be this idea of, especially certain guys like Vern Gagne or Bill Watts were really looking for those those guys oh. who were athletic. Yeah, back, so. going back into my, you know, like ancient history like me, that was heavily, heavily stressed. If you had that wrestling background, that athletic wrestling background was like super important. Um, you know, and we, you know, it still is now to some extent, but nothing like it used to be by any by any stretch. Um, Hunter, something I wanted to ask you about. I, you know, it seems to me you're you're pretty flawless with the way you use social media. I'm. What is your mindset, and how is how do you approach using social media um, as part of your career? Social media is the biggest thing, biggest platform that we have today. It's bigger than any show that we can be on. Like uh, yeah. the WWE wrestlers oh, and AEW wrestlers do not have uh, – they could have two, 300,000 followers, if not more, but they're not going to have that in an arena. Everyone can see everything on social media, but they can't be live. They can't always be watching. And you can always go back on social media and, you know, if I did a promo talking about Scott Mason, which I hate with every bit of my being, and I tell, and I say I'm going to beat him, which I have before, and I'm going to do over and over again. And if I go back and I say, remember when I said this, they can go right back to social media and go, oh, he did say this. Or, oh, he didn't say this. What is he talking about? It makes it tells us what we are as as athletes, as human beings, as everything in between. So my ideal setting is every morning I try to post something on Facebook. That's where the majority of our indie fans are. I post something on Instagram during the day. I post something on Twitter at night. And I try to follow this routine that they're getting some kind of content every day to remind them that I'm on this show, I'm on this show, and I'm on this show, and I'm going to tell them how great I am. Yeah, that's outstanding. Yeah, that's discipline, too. It is. It, it is. is. It is. It's a lot. And, you know, I, you know, getting back to, like, this ridiculous debate about whether you should take the pictures that you want to take, I didn't even think about it from the social media aspect, right? But, like, you're insane to not take the pictures if for no other reason that, I mean, Instagram is entirely built around visual media, right? That's the whole point. And I mean, Facebook exists and Facebook is still a thing, especially amongst older wrestling fans, but my kids call it face boomer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like, and, and because they're like, yeah, but dad, like, <laughs> like, it's it's not about the comments. Nobody cares about the comments, right? Like on Instagram, I mean, half the comments are fake anyway, just to affect an algorithm, right? It's it's really true. about the visual and the people who master the visual, the people who understand how to. And I mean, I'm learning this stuff myself, right? 
but there right. there is a power to I put a certain post up on like TikTok and all of a sudden it's 8000 hits, right? And I mean it really opened my eyes to my god. You know like there's a whole world out there. I mean I'll I'll throw the right clip up on Twitter of like a deathmatch thing and I mean you know the top ones get 100,000 views. And wow. there, like you said, there's no, I, I mean, like Randy West, the deathmatch wrestler, she says it. She's like, that clip you put of me not putting my hands in front of my face when I got dropped face first onto that stage got me more bookings than anything else ever has. Because Most people saw that. You know, like, she can say how tough she is all day, but there's something about seeing a three-second clip of her just getting dropped on her freaking face on that stage that – there is no, I mean, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Like a picture is worth a thousand emotions. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Wow. It immediately that's goes a, that's a to great your, way to put it. I just made that shit up and it's fucking brilliant. But it's, it's the reason why Instagram <laughs> models, Instagram models are a real thing. And so is OnlyFans. And those things are exclusively visual, Right. There's a connection that you make that you just – social media just makes it. And old-timers don't get it. Hunter James is, like – he's perfect, right? He's young. He gets social media. He's athletic. He's charismatic. He's all of these things. Um, the only thing I hope, though, Hunter – this is the only bit of advice I'll give you right this second. If you have a girlfriend or a wife, keep it to your fucking self. Oh, dude, Uh, I've had plenty of girlfriends since I've started, and none of them meet my social media. Right. And they never will because they do not inflict on my wrestling business. Yes. Griff Garrison, Griff Garrison, like, ruined his career by basically – and that's another one of these truisms. You have to be – like – being athletic is an advantage. And my other truism is people want the myth of availability. And you can call that yes. manipulative. You can call that whatever you want. I think half of AEW's problem is all of these motherfuckers, like, boo up and then make a big public spectacle of it. It's like it doesn't help them. It doesn't help Sammy and Tay to splash their relationship all over social media. It hurt. No them. one wants to know that Jungle Boy is with Anna J. Every guy wants nobody. to be with Anna J. No, no, nobody, right. nobody wanted to know that like cheerleader girl was with Lee Moriarty. Like it is so dumb. The, 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 I mean, that's the part where kayfabe still lives. Then you want a kayfabe for God's yes. out of sight, out of mind. My, I, why do okay? So I work at three different places, and and the, the third place that I work is called Rustique. It's a five star restaurant, and let me tell you, everybody who serves there is gorgeous. Guys, women, they're all fucking fantastic looking, right? Because the money is very real. People are paying, you know, usually I would say the average is like sixty to a hundred for a meal, right? So they're wow. tipping big, they're drinking a lot, they're buying bottles of wine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the smartest thing all of them do, I notice all the servers, because now I'm in cool with people, so they're like, oh, here's my social media. All the women have their stuff protected. You cannot see their page unless they accept you, right? And I thought, that is so smart. Because then that way, you only select people can find out, oh, oh she's got a kid. Or whatever, right? Like <laughs> having the two the two businesses that are the most closely intertwined are strip clubs and wrestling. And what people want is a fantasy on some level. And I just, I just think it's you know younger guys, yes, social media. But Tyreek, I don't want to hear about your stupid fucking personal problems. <laughs> I, damn it, man. <laughs> it, it diminishes yeah, him. He, he went from a guy who's like the best mouthpiece in Georgia wrestling to a guy that I'm like, this guy's p- fucking pathetic. And I'm like, it serves you no good. 
Um, you're better off just promoting yourself, talking about yourself, and whatever. I mean, Sawyer Wreck, is she booed up with some other woman? I don't know. <laughs> right? What I do know is I look at her social media and go, like, look what a badass she is. And, oh, and by the way, she takes pictures with Matt Tremont. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> like I, I think that there's people to look at and there's people to learn from. And Hunter James, I just got to say, I think you're one of the guys that people need to learn from. And you're 20 fucking years old, which is disgusting to me as an old person. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Hunter, before we let you go, promote. Okay. Where, where can we see you? Where can we find you? Go for it. Well, this weekend, we can find me at Southern Honor Wrestling in Canton, Georgia. I will be beating Ashton Star from one pillar to another. And then we go to Southern Fried the next night where I beat up Alex Keitel and Jaden Vane once again and make sure that they don't have championships because every time they get championships, I end up taking it from them anyways. Um, mm. And then we go to Colbert, Georgia, where oh, I've already said his name enough, but i got to go against Scott Mason and a dirty white boy. Um, sounds a little fishy to me. Um, and I will be tagging up with uh, Austin Thorne, another rising star in Georgia that I've had a little bit of a hand in uh, with uh, Tristan Michaels by his side. Uh, and I will have Tristan and Javier at Southern Fried. And for anybody watching or listening, I guess, uh, social media, uh, I am Hunter James Pro on Instagram. It is Hunter James on Facebook. On Twitter, it is AW underscore Hunter J. And on TikTok, it's She Loves Hunter J. Y'all like that one? I think you're doing that right. I think you're doing social media correctly. Um, Hunter, here's things I want. I want to. I'm fucking selfish as shit. This is 2023. I need to see you on a show in Florida. I need to see you by the end of the year at an AEW dark taping. Yeah, I'll actually I'll actually scoot my ass over to fucking Universal and postpone one of my 74 jobs to go see that. Like, like all these things need to happen for you. I think you know, like you you've done everything right. You've had the great people to work under, like Matt Hankins and other guys like that. But fuck, this is your fucking time. Clearly, this is your time to kind of go do shit. Fucking get out of that state. Not that it's a bad state. I'm just saying, like, fuck, get to Florida fucking see some other shit get on fucking aw he he's yeah. already been you've already I been know. AW dark right uh yes and it should air within the next week or two i forget which taping it is but it is uh one of these tuesdays coming up and i will be in vegas in uh, about six weeks for the future legend championship tournament uh my sponsor nice. is holding is holding a tournament for the best top talent under 25 years old uh, and i will be representing georgia Yes! My God. Outstanding. And keep your bitches off your fucking Facebook. Oh, no. The hoes are for real life. The hoes are for real life. They're after the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) this has been a delight. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And, and thanks on, <laughs> for doing this on the spur of the moment. This is wonderful. I will uh, – don't think I'll see you Friday, but I should see you Saturday over there in Monroe. Good nice. deal. Good deal. Thanks a lot, Thank you all for having me. Uh, I hate Scott Mason, and I hate most wrestling fans, so I'll leave it there. Oh, my God. We share that in common. Uh, Larry. Uh, we didn't, Ruthie J obviously couldn't call in, which is disappointing, yeah. but I will say, yeah. um, I'll just put over Ruthie J a little bit. Part of the reason I wanted to Dude. have Ruthie J on was I saw her at pro wrestling action and I was immediately blown away. And here's my challenge to, especially women wrestlers in, um, Georgia. I'm just going to make this statement and people can get mad about it or whatever. It doesn't make it not true. The level of athleticism in Ruthie J um, is head and shoulders above what's going on with any other female wrestler in the state of Georgia. Now, you can say, Bo, Steve, you don't really know. Bullshit. I know. 
Um, she is a phenomenal athlete. She moves in an athletic fashion and with a smoothness and a coordination um, that I have not seen in a female wrestler in Georgia. Um, that doesn't mean I don't respect female wrestlers in Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted people to hear Ruthie J. Um, in the hopes that Georgia wrestling promoters would contact her and book her. Um, she's smart. She's good looking. But more than that, she really moves with sort of an athletic, um, in an athletic way. And I think for women's wrestling in Georgia to advance, I think paradoxically it's going to take bringing in people from the outside who have a very different look and a very different feel. Um, if you go to that GCW show in Georgia, I think Sawyer Rec is on that show. There is a presence there that nobody else has. And please don't try to make up a name of somebody who you think does. You don't. And, but, but instead of looking at that in a negative way, look at it in a positive way. Look at them and go, shit, I need to up my game. Because I think for women's wrestling to change in Georgia, it's more than these sort of like macro bullshit things that people propose. Oh, we need to, to nurture the women. Um, it's fucking nonsense. Get good. Get better. Become undeniable. Become to the point where you can get booked elsewhere and Georgia becomes an afterthought. Um, do yourself the favor of becoming good no matter where you're wrestling, not just by the standards of the place you're in that's limited. And that will help the state more than anything else, my opinion. Mm. Well said. And uh, I will say that this, that um, I searched out some Ruthie J. clips after you told me about her, and I have to agree in terms of athleticism, um, and again, nothing as you said, nothing against the women that we have wrestling in Georgia, but we just don't have that. We don't have someone doing that here in, in the state. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I you know, and again, Florida's only a state away, and when you look at the women who have gotten signed recently, a lot of them have been from Florida, and the reason is. They all work each other. I mean, mm. how crazy is it, Larry, that, like, Amber Nova is not signed, crazy. right? But, 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 you know, Kylan King, Florida girl, recently signed by Impact, right? Layla Gray. These, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a genius because I see these people and go, like, oh, that person's going to get signed. It doesn't take a genius, <laughs> right? It, I just happen to be one. But, like, it, you know <laughs> – but when you're working all of these people, you can't help but get better because that's what people can talk about. Oh, the award show, people were networking. Real networking is working shows, and there's no better word than a wrestler telling other promotions about a wrestler. That word counts way more than a fan, way more than social media, way more than anything else. It's a wrestler going like, oh, fuck, I worked so-and-so and they were great. I mean, that's how I got gigs, right? Is I was either married to somebody who took me on a tour with them or somebody would just go like, oh, you need a fucking heel who works for X amount of money? So-and-so's great. You should call, contact him and bring him in here. Here's his number. And and again, women of Georgia, you want to get better, you want to prove that you're great, then you got to work some people where there's a viable women's scene first, and then maybe bring some of them to Georgia. But, yeah. Well, this has been great to get back on the air with you, sir. Um, and we'll yeah. be back next – we will be back next week. And our guests will be – guests will be um, – Freaking Nathan Mowry. I can't believe that guy made me love him, Larry. I wanted to hate him. I wanted to not be okay with him. And then, and then I saw him at a No Peace Underground show, and I thought, this guy's going to suck. And then he brought all the energy. And then I saw him carry Madman Pondo literally and figuratively through a match. And I went, fuck, he's good. 
Sigh. So we're going to talk to Nathan Mowry, the Killbilly, and we're going to talk to Cameron Stewart, another favorite of mine here in the Florida area. Oh, right. So where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? You're going to be at Southern Pride. Where else? Yeah. Or so Rob, Rob Rod's got Southern Honor, and I've and I'll be at Southern Pride, and I think both, most likely, Jabari and I will both be at Southern uh, States on uh, Sunday. Rob Rod uh, may be going also. He was going to try to make Southern Violence on uh, Saturday. So that's the oh, nice. uh, reporter schedule for the weekend, as far, as we know it at this moment. I will do my level best, I'll say this, to release one of the reports that I'm sitting on, if not Great. two. And then the Sunday after next, I'll be at uh, Mayhem on the Mills. Um, and I'm definitely excited about that show for a lot of reasons. And, um, and yeah, and then after Mayhem on the Mills, then I'll be at Pro Wrestling Action the week after that. So um, I'm getting back into going to wrestling shows on the regular. I'm going to try to go to like at least a show every other week, if not every week. So should be cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much to Hunter James. Sorry we couldn't talk to Ruthie J, but hopefully we'll talk to her in the future. In any case, I'm Stephen Platinum. That's Larry Goodman. Neither one of us owns shares in Endeavor, at least not yet. <laughs> we will and we, will, <laughs> and we will see you next week on the tipping point. <laughs> Take the pictures. <laughs>